Today's episode is actually inspired by one of my favorite podcasts, which is As For Me and My House with Melina and Jordan. I really love their podcasts. If you're looking for like faith-based podcasts, I think theirs is great. I also just like watching Melina's videos in general, even though she does a lot of mom content and I'm definitely not a mom. I just think her videos are really entertaining and she seems like a really sweet person. But they did this episode once and it was on habits that they do and don't subscribe to as Christians. And I thought it was really interesting because I'll also share another reason why I wanted to do this, but it kind of went along with that. So this episode isn't going to be necessarily like Christian habits that I do and don't subscribe to. It's just habits in general. I think a lot of times in life, there are things that are known to be good things and bad things and you should do this habit because everyone else is doing it and it's proven to work. But something I've been thinking about lately is how we all have different kind of versions of success and we all have different things that we want to be. And if that's the case, then we probably do and don't do a lot of different habits. There are probably things that I do that you think are crazy, you would never do, but it's because we have two different outcomes that we're looking towards. And I don't want this episode to come off as me judging anyone who does their life any differently than mine, who subscribes to different habits than I do, or maybe you do these things that I say I don't do. Like, that's totally fine. I think especially as a Christian, we all have different personal convictions and they talk about that a lot too in their podcast how you know there are things in the bible that are pretty black and white but there are also things that aren't as black and white and then when those things come up it's kind of more on your personal convictions and so I wanted to share some of those with you guys today from my perspective I've I'm reading this book it's called take back your time the guilt-free guide to life balance and it's actually with an author. Her name is Christy Wright. She's under like the Dave Ramsey kind of network and she's actually going to be on this podcast here soon. I'm recording with her next week and so I've been reading her book just to prepare for it and I have already just learned so much and I like a lot of the things she says in this book and specifically something that she talks about is this kind of principle of balance and how we're all trying to achieve different versions of balance in our own lives. And she says this line that it's not about doing everything for an equal amount of time, kind of what you think of when you hear balance. Life balance is about doing the right things at the right time. It's about spending your one life on what matters to you. And so if something matters to you, then you're probably going to live your life differently than someone who that thing doesn't matter at all to them, if that makes sense. She also was talking about this pastor and he has a line on how a lot of times when we're forming habits, they come actually from systems. We think of, okay, these are goals that I want to achieve in my life, but goals are really achieved by having systems. And he says, your systems are a result of what you've created or what you've tolerated. And I think it's just really important to be so intentional about the habits that we have in our lives. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot over the past year and making sure that we're actually choosing to work on the habits that we want to work on instead of just tolerating things. And the last thing that made me think of this, so I went and I saw Cruella, the movie, which I thought was great. It was so entertaining. It was so nice to be back in a theater. I love watching Emma Stone movies, so I really enjoyed it. But something that I sometimes struggle with, especially now, a lot of the movies that come out, I feel like it's always about kind of going against the curve and being different and being bold, which if that's your story, that's your story. It's always kind of the main character kind of shedding off this image of wanting to be nice and becoming more bold and and just being kind of more, I don't know what the word is, if bold's necessarily the right word, but I was thinking and I'm like, 
is it a bad thing if you like being kind of just the nice person? If you're content with that, if that brings you joy, if that's your goal is just kind of being nice, I think it's okay to embrace whatever message you want to for your life. But for me, sometimes I just watch movies now and I'm like, I wish it was okay to be all different kinds of things in your life instead of just always being the different one or the bold one and it made me think of this concept of okay what do I want to be known as and that's what she talks about in this book she says when you're thinking of your habits and your priorities in life you should think of the five things you want to be known as and I took this as a opportunity for me to actually write down things that I wanted to be known as the qualities that I think I want to be known as and these are things that I actually struggle with is specifically one I want to be known as someone who is humble someone who is dedicated someone who is patient which is the one that I struggle with the most hardworking and joyful like those are the words that I want to be known as and so I'm going to orient my priorities to be more like that person And another thing I just wanted to note that this is a faith-based episode. I'm really referencing a lot of verses because when it comes to personal convictions and a lot of my habits, it does have to do with the way that I live out my life in terms of my faith. And so if that's something you're not interested in, you can listen to another episode. But I still think it's applicable like always. I just always want to put that out there. If that's not your jam, it's getting increasingly harder to separate kind of themes from my faith because my faith is just a big part of my life but I always want to note that if that's not something that you're interested in and so that is kind of the scheme of this episode I'll share a bit of a life update because I feel like the past week has actually been a little bit crazy for one I talked about this in my recent YouTube video but on Memorial Day we actually went to North Park Mall me my mom and my sister Jamie And this bizarre thing happened, and I'll keep it short because I kind of explained it more in that video if you want to watch, but I remember this day I was actually struggling with a lot of comparison. I was scrolling so much on social media. I was looking at different people's lives and just kind of feeding insecurities that I have in myself because of my phone, and I was just in a weird mindset. We went to the mall. We were going to split up, but we ended up staying together because sometimes we'll each go to the stores that we want to go to for trying to kind of get things done efficiently. But today I was really like, you know, let's just take our time, hang out together, have a fun time. And we were only there for 10 minutes. We were about to go into Madewell and the fire alarm starts going off, which is just really kind of weird. And whenever that happens, you always wonder, is this a drill? Is this real? Everyone's looking around. And then my mom sees the workers in Madewell start walking out and she said their face was like white, like they felt like they had seen a ghost or something. And everyone starts kind of piling out of Madewell and we're like okay I guess we should actually get out then and then we look behind us we're starting to walk towards the exit and there's this mass amount of people just sprinting to the doors literally the scariest thing I think I have seen it was terrifying because obviously if people are running like that it's not just a fire it's something else and so we're walking out I'm hearing the words active shooter, so now I'm starting to get nervous, and we had just kind of started walking out of the mall, and we just kept walking, so we didn't want to go to our car in the parking garage, and eventually Aiden came and picked us up, but this whole time, we're just thinking that it's actually an active shooter, and it was so scary. I think people got trampled, too. Like, it actually was kind of bad. People lost stuff. We checked the news, and it turns out that there was someone slamming a skateboard in the concessions area. And it sounded like gunshots, so people just assumed it was a shooter, which is so scary. And after that moment, I just had a change in perspective of, okay, the stuff that I was worrying about before really doesn't matter. What matters is 
focusing on the people around me and spending time with people and doing the things that I truly want to do in life, not sitting back and just comparing my life to other people. So if you're in need of that message, sometimes it takes an insane event like that to happen. And thankfully, no one was hurt. I think that they just thought something was wrong with the guy who was doing that. I don't even really know what happened. It was crazy. They made everyone seem like they were crazy for running. But honestly, when that stuff happens to you, you just do everyone else is doing and you run out. And that's what we did. And it was really scary. But and then also this weekend, another thing that happened, Aiden actually went to see his friends. He was doing like a guy's weekend in Austin. And I was going to go, but I am honestly feeling a little bit behind with my work and we're going out of town in a week. And so I knew it would actually be nice just to kind of focus on working for the weekend, which is something I never really do, but just really getting everything organized, doing a deep clean of the house, just preparing. And I also think it's good when you're married to kind of like go do your own thing every now and then. And I think it's nice for him to go hang out with his friends because most of his friends are in Austin, not here in Dallas. I honestly got a lot of stuff done, but I slept so terribly. There's something about when you're used to sleeping with someone else and then suddenly they're not there. It just felt so weird having him just not there. And fun fact, I actually let Cash sleep with me too. He usually sleeps in his crate, but I was like, I'm letting him sleep up here because I really don't care. I got plenty of space in this bed. But I am just feeling really tired after having such poor sleep. So he's actually coming home in, I think, an hour or so. So I'm really excited. I'm going to go pick him up. But that is my update. I hope you guys are doing well. I know this intro is extending a little bit longer. So let's just go ahead and get into the meat of the episode. So I touched on the beginning about this concept of personal convictions, but I wanted to share from my favorite resource, which is gotquestions.org. I think it's a great resource if you ever have any like biblical questions. This is a passage on personal convictions, but it says, since we're dealing with personal convictions, there are some issues on which different believers may have different convictions. Not all issues are black and white, and not all issues can be traced back to a biblical guideline. In such cases, we must let the law of love rule. Paul tells us to not quarrel over disputable matters such as the eating of certain foods or holding one day more sacred than other days. We should have personal convictions. Each should be fully convinced in their own mind, which is Romans 14.5, but should also leave room for the convictions of others. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. And I just wanted to say that before going into any of these things, because like I said, I am not judging. These are just my own personal convictions, and mainly just sharing it to say that it's okay to be convicted of certain things because you want to live your life a different way, even if it's not kind of the mainstream. I'm going to start off with habits that I don't subscribe to. So the first one is one that I had always heard and I really do stand by and it has to do with marriage and that is gossiping about my husband. This is something that I had heard people say but I didn't really understand exactly why entirely but I was actually getting my hair done the other day and my hairdresser was talking about how like people come in and they all talk about different things and she was like one of the most common things is women coming in and they're gossiping about their husbands and I totally get it I get when you are upset by small things when small things are just bothering you you want to vent and kind of share that with other people and I will be fully honest and say that I'm not 100% good at not gossiping in general I do talk about people when I shouldn't I think that's a personal conviction that we should all have and all should work on and it's never in a malicious way but 
I probably can talk less about people than I do, but someone I never talk about unless it's positively is my husband. And I think that's really important if you're getting married, just something really good to know. And the reason being is because as humans, we are so much more likely to remember the negative things that people say about other people. And I would never want someone to have a negative perception of my spouse. And I would never want to come off as one, just like ungrateful. I always think about it in the other sense, like say Aiden went on this weekend and the whole time he was just griping about how annoying I was and how I didn't put the dishes away, whatever it may be. That would just make me feel really crappy. And so that is something that I am very firm about not doing. I found this article from, I think it's called Pathios. I might be saying that wrong, but it talks about why you shouldn't. And the reason is one, it reinforces negative feelings. It also erodes trust. And then you just think about how you would feel if it was about you. And obviously that same thing goes for talking about people in general. It always makes me think of my this verse, which is probably one of my favorite verses because I think it just applies to so many different things. But it's Philippians 4, 8, and it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so I only ever want to hold him in a great light with other people because for one, I do really love him and I think he's a really great person and I want other people to think the same of him and to think highly of him and I'm not and this isn't to say if you're in a really toxic situation that you shouldn't talk about it with someone I totally disagree with that I think there's a place for having accountability within relationships too this is just in general just small nagging gossip about someone is something that I try not to do I have talked about this one in videos but something about me is I just didn't really grow up around alcohol my parents didn't drink. I don't really think their families drank that much. And even within my own family, I would say only a few of my siblings drink and it's just not very often. But I am someone who's not like opposed to drinking at all and neither is my family. It just wasn't really something that they did. But they didn't think it was a bad thing. My parents just always said they didn't like the taste of it and they didn't want to waste calories on it so they didn't drink it. And so for me, I didn't have my first drink till I was 21 and just don't really drink all that often but I do enjoy having a drink with friends or when we go out on a date somewhere we're just hanging out we go to this Katie Trail ice house and it's kind of like a beer garden kind of vibe and it's fun to get a drink there and just do something like that but something that we rarely do is just drink at home with each other now we did on Valentine's Day because we were snowed in we thought it'd be fun to like have some wine on Valentine's Day but for the most part we don't like to keep alcohol in the house It's not because either of us are alcoholics. It's not because either of us grew up around alcoholics. It's just because I think it's something that I want to keep as a special thing that we have when we go out. And from a health perspective, like drinking during the week is just something that I wouldn't like to get used to. And again, I think this kind of goes back to the personal conviction. So this is also another Got Questions excerpt, but it says... Scripture does not necessarily forbid a Christian from drinking beer, wine, or any other drink containing alcohol. In fact, some scriptures discuss alcohol in very positive terms. Ecclesiastes instructs to drink your wine with a merry heart. Psalm states that God gives wine that makes glad the heart of men. Amos discusses drinking wine from your own vineyard as a sign of God's blessing. 
Isaiah encourages, yes, come buy wine and milk. On the other hand, the Bible obviously greatly discourages getting drunk. Ephesians says, do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. So while I'm okay with drinking, I'm not okay with drinking to get drunk and just feeling totally out of control. And I think they can lead to really bad decisions. And so that's something that we've incorporated into our life. And I know is not something everyone follows. But again, this just goes back to personal convictions. Obviously, alcohol isn't like the healthiest thing for your body. And for me during the week, I like to be kind of at my best mindset. And I also would never want to start drinking to kind of like take the edge off things if life gets hard. And I think that is an area that I don't want to go into. And I think not drinking at home is just kind of a positive way to not do that. Now, I know there are a lot of people who have a glass of wine at dinner, and I think that's totally fine. That's not something that I'm opposed to. This is just for us personally. When we got married, it was something we knew we wanted to kind of keep out of the house. If our friends come over, if we have people over, we're totally down to drink. I think that's totally fine. I just want to keep it more of a social thing that we do outside of the house or with friends in our home instead of just kind of like a daily thing. Number three is making my career number one in my life. So for me, I have had times in my life where that was the number one thing on my list and it was the thing that I prioritized the most. And I was reading this book and I really like she talks about at this one point how you know, different phases of your life, you're going to have different priorities. And for someone in law school, all their time is going to be dedicated to school, but that doesn't mean their life isn't in balance. That is just the phase of life that they're in right now. And every single moment of your life doesn't have to be perfectly ordered for one thing. So for me, in this phase of my life, it is just not the number one thing. I know it is for a lot of people at 22, 23, and that used to be something that I felt insecure about. But to be fully honest, it's just not my number one priority. And I think that that's okay. And if it's not your number one priority in life, I also think that that's okay. I think career is one of the biggest things that people kind of make an idol in their life. And anything can be an idol. You know, your spouse can be an idol. Your friends can be an idol. Food can be an idol whatever it may be. But Exodus says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. And I have been in phases of my life where my career was the God in my life. It always makes me think of the story of Mary and Martha. And honestly, the story used to really kind of <laughs> rub me the wrong way because I always resonated with Martha. I always wanted everything to be in place, everything to be perfect. I thought, you know, that's what it means to be a good hostess or whatever, to just be fully dedicating your time to making other people feel at home. But as I get older, the more that I notice how Mary's story is the right one because, you know, she's seated at the feet of Jesus and she wants to hear what he has to say. And I have just learned that there are times in my life where I had so many distractions where I wasn't able to be in the position of Mary because there were so many things going on. And that's okay if you have a lot to juggle. But I'm in a phase of my life where I want to be seated there. I want to be Mary. I want to be ready to listen and be obedient to God when he directs me where I'm supposed to go and not be distracted by so many different things. I don't want to work 80 hours a week and that's okay. And I think that that's fine if you don't want to. If that's where you're at in your life right now, I think that's okay. 
I don't think it's sustainable for the entire long term. And I think sometimes you just really are passionate about your work. And I think that's such a gift too. Work is such a good thing. But it makes me think of the verse where Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. All those other things can be taken away from you. I have a whole episode on idols that you make in your life. And I think it's easy to idolize a lot of different things. But the one thing that can't be taken away is the relationship that we have with Christ. And that's something that I've been trying to focus on a lot. I think it's helpful in your 20s to kind of order your priorities in your life. So for me, this is my list. It goes God, Aiden, future kids if we're able to have them. What a blessing that'll be if we can, but if we can't, then this won't be a priority. My family, the church, health, and then career. Those are my priorities, but I think it's helpful to write out your own just to see where you stand and where you want to be spending your time to be those characteristics that you want to be known as. This is a personal conviction that I recently have been convicted of because y'all know I talk about the Enneagram here and there on the podcast and I think it's good to understand your personality and the way that you work to figure out where you would best be suited to just kind of spend your time. But for me, something that I try not to do is finding my identity in anything outside of Christ. So that could be horoscopes and astrology, that could be personality tests, that can be anything that's trying to provide a way of like salvation. And I don't think that these things are necessarily bad, but the thing that rubs me the wrong way is when you take it as, oh, I'm just doing that because I am a one. And for me, that would be patience, like I said. I could just be like, oh, I'm a type one. I like when everything's in order. I like when everyone follows order. I don't need to be patient. And I don't think that's how everyone uses them. Some people can use them to, okay, these are my weaknesses. I need to work on them. But I think that we can get to a point when we're so obsessed with how we're a Libra or how we're a Cancer. And that just becomes kind of your thing instead of it being, oh, I'm a Christian and I believe in God and my salvation is in him. And Colossians 2, 9 through 10 says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. That's just Christ. There's nothing else there. And yeah, it's kind of like on the last one, you can find your identity in anything. It doesn't just have to be these things. And that's not to say that these things are the worst things in the world. But when you are just associating everything about you with an astrology sign or a personality test, maybe just question if that's the right thing to be putting your identity in if you are a Christian. Okay, and this one is another recent thing that I have questioned talking about because I don't want to come off as a hypocrite. But again, this just goes back to personal convictions. So that is not buying into every new beauty treatment. So you guys know I get my nails done every now and then. I get my hair done. I sometimes wear fake eyelashes. I self-tan. There are certain things that I personally am okay with doing, but I have just been seeing a lot of different just beauty treatments online and I've gotten a lot of companies reaching out to me saying, hey, we'll provide you with free Botox or free whatever it may be. There's so many freaking things out there. I probably shouldn't say freaking, but there's just so many things out there that you can do to change your body. And for me, I know that for myself, that would be a slippery slope of saying, 
oh, I can prevent aging and and also just the fact of being okay with getting older and being okay with looking older and that just being fine. Proverbs 31:30 says charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And another thing I wanted to share, I got this quote, someone tagged me in this and they said you know, this reminded me of Michelle's podcast she did on like body image or something. The sky isn't more beautiful if you have perfect skin. Music doesn't sound more interesting if you have a six pack. Dogs aren't better company if you're famous. Pizza tastes good regardless of your status. The best of life exists beyond everything we feel meant to feel bad about lacking. And I just wanted to share that because I was talking about how my crooked teeth or something that is an insecurity of mine and how I've always had to remember that I can still enjoy eating food. I can still enjoy talking despite the way that my teeth look. And it's okay if you're okay with the things that maybe the world tells you should be insecurities. And that's not to cast judgment because I'm sure some people judge me for even doing self-tan or anything like that. This is just a personal conviction of mine and one that I'm trying to be okay with. subscribe to. So there's one that I have subscribed to ever since I started making money and that was tithing. I've talked about tithing a lot in my podcast because I just think it's really important and obviously important because you're giving back money to the church and remembering the blessings that God gave us. But for me, it has helped me just realize how much less of a grip money has on my life. We just live in a world where money is entirely coveted so much. Everything is about money. And obviously there's a certain extent to where having money does make your quality of life a lot better. And I don't want to be like ignorant of that at all. But at the same time, there's just so many videos about how much money we make online, how much we can make, investing, yada, yada, yada. But I also think that it just is really easy for money to become an idol in our life and something that controls us. And so if you don't know what tithing is, it's taking the first 10% of your money. So when you get a paycheck, 10% of it goes to the church or wherever you go. It's supposed to be like giving your first fruits up to God. This is something that was made aware in Genesis. And it says, and he blessed him and said, blessed by Abraham, by God, most high professor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a 10th of everything. So in gratitude, he gave back and gave God 10% because that was his blessing that he received from God. And I think it's been really helpful for me as I get older and how things cost a lot of money. And I can't really describe how when you are giving up 10%, it really does have less of a hold on you because you're just doing it because you know it's good to do, but it's also making it less of a control thing for you. Because I don't know if you guys have heard this, but a lot of people say, the richer you get, the more stingy you get. And I have definitely seen that play out. And I don't ever want to become someone who is extremely stingy, who doesn't have a grateful heart, who doesn't have a generous heart. And even with tithing, the Bible talks about doing it with a generous heart, not just doing it because you are told to, but doing it because you really want to. And you're seeing kind of the, the blessings that God has given you and making sure that you always give back because at the end of the day, he is the one who controls that. This one is kind of random, but number two is just being clear with my intentions. I'll never forget I was at the porch, which is a church here in Dallas called Watermark. They have like a young adults ministry, but they did a sermon on something called like fantasy guy. It was on the guy that we fantasize over, but who should we actually be fantasizing over when it comes to finding a partner? And I remember he read this verse in First Timothy. It's First Timothy 3 and it says, 
he should be above reproach, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. And I remember the pastor was talking about how leaders clarify confusion. They remove confusion. He said that leaders should anticipate the confusion and remove it with their words. They should address it and be intentional. And this is why, especially when it came to dating, I was not about dating someone who didn't make their intentions clear. I know it sounds super old-fashioned, but I'm just not interested. I don't think any of us should be willing to just play games with people because at the end of the day, that hurts us and hurt people hurt people and it's just a cycle. And I think that being clear with your words is so important if you want to be a leader. Say what you mean and mean what you say and don't lead people astray. And I think this goes for a lot of different things in life about just not lying. And obviously, I'm not perfect at this. This is something that I actively have to work on. It's something that I try to work on, but not leading people on not pretending to be something that I'm not. And especially with work, for me with sponsorships, if I know something's not a good fit, I say no right away. I don't try to like egg things on. I don't see what the compensation is. I just stay true to my convictions and I let my yes be yes and my no be no. So anytime I'm in a relationship with someone, whether it's a friendship, if when I was dating a romantic relationship, even like in a looking up to someone to be a leader, if someone is making something confusing, I'm just not about it. I'm not about people who try to string people on, friends who are one way when they're with you, but not that way with other people. Don't waste your time. That's just my perspective personally. I think this one's pretty cut and dry. I think everyone should be this because when you are trying to make things confusing and you don't have a sense of who you are, your convictions, it just doesn't help anyone. This one's a little bit more lighthearted, but it is following a morning routine, especially on weekdays. Growing up, I always saw my parents having set routines in the morning. You know, my mom would always run in the morning. They both had a quiet time. My dad woke up at 5.30. I would watch him reading his Bible in his chair, and that was such a good image as a kid to see. Mark 1.35 says, In the early morning while it was dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Psalm 5.3, In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. Having a morning routine has been so important for me because if I don't prioritize things in the morning, nothing is going to get done. And the things that I want to happen aren't actually going to happen. So I think I've talked about my morning routine a little bit here and there, but I think it's so important because I am not groggy. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm not grumpy when I actually have a set morning routine. And I know everyone's different with their morning routine. Even if it's 15 minutes in the morning, just doing something I think is so helpful. So for mine, my morning routine as of lately has been waking up between 7 and 7.30 Typically just depends if Aiden works in the office, we usually get up earlier, but we always get up pretty much at the same time and we always go to bed at the same time. I then immediately change into my workout clothes because if I have them on, I'm more likely to actually work out. I take cash out in the morning, Aiden takes cash out at night, and so I'll do the morning takeout, let him go to the bathroom, come back inside, and I'll tidy up the apartment for 15 minutes. And then I'll do a 45-minute workout. This is a key to my morning routine because I am a much better, more focused version of myself. When I do wake up in the morning, it's either a strength workout or a run. I'll then take cash on a 20 minute walk in the morning, just a short one. We always take him on a longer one at night, but I like him to have some activity in the morning. 
He also goes to the dog park throughout the day. He has a very active life. He has a lot of activities throughout the day, so he's okay. I then shower, get ready, and then I'll do 15 minutes of reading my Bible, praying, whatever amount is good for you. I do think it's really helpful. I've been talking about doing the five-minute journal, remembering my identity, also something that's really important to do before I start working, and then I'll start getting to work. And I know that that kind of routine is not possible for everyone if you're working in an office, if you have to start work really early in the morning. I'm not saying that this is the pinnacle morning routine. Just do what works for you and make sure that you're getting things done in the morning that you want to get done. That's also realistic. This is one that I'm trying to work at more because it's honestly not something that comes natural to me and I'll just admit that, is setting other people before myself. I was also reading Christy's book and she was talking about how addicted we are to our phones and how a lot of times we will be in the room with other people but we'll be scrolling on our phones. We're kind of awkward. We'll just immediately go to that. We're just always so consumed and distracted by our phones. And she was talking about how something that she's been trying to work on is whenever there is another person in the room with her, they get all of the attention, not her phone. They are the priority. That's not to say that you can't go on your phone, but you should be always making sure that you're investing in that person before you are your phone. And I just thought this was a really good principle and it's something that I've been trying to do when I'm in the dog park. Our apartment has a dog park. I love going there. I go there like to break up the work day and it's so nice just to have a simple 10 minute conversation with someone and just having a familiar face to chat with. It's so nice and it doesn't even have to be anything that intense but even just that short conversation of 10 minutes really does uplift you so much and I have been truly trying to invest more in other people. I think that I just used to live my life in a way where I saw other people more as kind of like a burden or as something that was distracting me and I just don't want to live my life that way because I would really hope that other people would take the time to talk to me too. I think especially after COVID we realized how damaging it is to live a life in isolation and kind of the side effects that come with that people dealing a lot more with mental health issues it's so important to have community and I'm trying to spend more time investing in other people because like I said not something that comes naturally and the last one is one that I have talked about but it's something that we have been kind of focusing on more intently recently is just investing money now I know I said the love of money is not a good thing I do think there's a point where God wants us to be wise stewards with our money, and I think investing money has been really helpful for me. 2 Corinthians 9.6 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. This is from Got Questions, but it says, The context is actually speaking about investing in our relationship with God, but it demonstrates how one must often sacrifice now to gain in the future. Similarly, Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats and your vats will brim over with new wine. I'm someone who likes having just cash in the bank. I've never been someone who found it kind of natural to invest, and I always thought, you know, I need to have money invested, but also money saved, which I think is a great principle, but I'd much rather have a larger stack in my savings account as opposed to infidelity in different investments. But as we got married, Aiden has helped me realize, you know, the time value of money and how it is really important to invest money. And it's something that we've been trying to do more recently. And I'm not talking about like gambling, like day trading or anything like that. That's not my thing personally. This is like investing for the long term because I think about how hopefully, like I said, we're able to have kids 
and how I'd like to be able to provide for them well and also would like to be able to pay for their college. And also the Bible says just be able to give with a generous heart. That's something that I always saw my parents do and I would like to be in that same spot as well. I'm not talking about living an overabundant life. I think the thing with investing is I'd rather have that money stored away as opposed to living a life where people look at and they think, oh my gosh, she's really making it big or whatever. I don't think I live that way. I know that money is so relative and we can compare our lifestyles all day and we're all so different, but investing has been really good for just kind of remembering that it's good to make this money last and work for us in the long term as opposed to just spending it all today. episode was a bit shorter than normal by just a few minutes but that is kind of all I have to say I didn't want to make up more these were ones that I just really felt kind of convicted to share but again these are personal convictions if you have different personal convictions I think that that is totally fine I think there's so much room for us to make decisions to be the people that we want to be but again write down those five words that you want to be and remember those things And also don't let the world tell you the things that you should be looking up to, the things that you should be prioritizing. You have to find that for yourself. And also as a Christian, I think you read the Bible and you pray and God directs you where you need to go. If you guys enjoy this episode, feel free to write me a review off your, if you're watching, that was weird. If you're watching on Apple Podcasts, feel free to write a review if you guys enjoyed. Hopefully a nice one if that's something that you're interested in. Or feel free to subscribe. I post episodes every single Monday. And again, like I said, this is kind of a teaser episode because I will be having Christy Wright on my podcast very soon. I think her book is available for pre-sale in July. But if I can find a link, I will link it in the show notes. I think it's really great if you're struggling with balance, what even is balance, how to kind of reorient your life. She also has a lot of really good journal prompts in the book too that I'm trying to do as well because I think they're really helpful. And yeah, I'm so thankful for you guys. I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you're enjoying kind of this taste of summer. I feel like we're getting into summer and it's a really good feeling. I can't wait to be on the beach in a week. It's going to be so nice. I can't wait to see Aiden's family. Just a lot of things to look forward to. So I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you guys next Monday. Bye friends. (music) 